And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play by play coming to you live here on KLEB. Casey just cleared with Coach with Coach Brian Colley in the studio. Uh, we've got a fun 90 minutes of sports talk coming your way today in the next segment of the Well, first and foremost, uh, I want to apologize. Well, you know what? I'm really not that sorry, but I had a great time at, at my Christmas party yesterday. But I do want to apologize to our audience for not being here yesterday. We were uh, at a work Christmas function and had a great time, ate a lot of great food, played a lot of fun games. Uh, but it unfortunately caused me to miss yesterday's show. But because of that, we're going to catch up with Stan today at 1145. Call it Terrebonne General Wednesday. It doesn't quite roll off the tongue like TGMC Tuesday does, but that's okay. We'll have Stan on at 1145 to talk about uh, whatever it is that he wants to talk about. There's a lot of high school going on, basketball, soccer. I'm sure we'll go into National Signing Day, LSU's. Getting a lot of guys. They got three guys in the transfer portal yesterday, three defensive linemen in the transfer portal yesterday. LSU's also signing a slew of their commitments. Um, we'll talk with Stan about all of that. That interview is going to probably run pretty long, so we'll jump right into the next one after that at 12.15 when we'll have Taylor Griffin on the line. Turtle and I will talk about Tarpon basketball last night. We'll talk about who knows what, man. Turtle and I get into it. And it usually is a whole lot of fun. Then at the bottom of the show, we've got our mailbag and we've got our betting picks. I've got a bunch of questions from you all that we're going to get answered here at the bottom of the show. But because we missed yesterday, we've got two days worth of high school basketball scores to give you all here today. Monday night scores on the boys' basketball side. Again, these are Monday night scores on the boys' basketball side. Central Lafouche got a 48-41 to Win over Helen Cox. Good win for Central Lafouche. A second straight road win for Central Lafouche. East St. John defeats Tara 56-33. The Wildcats appear to be really strong in non-district play. They get a big non-district win. In 4A, Lutcher and Patterson lock horns. Patterson gets a win 71-59. Boy, it just feels like every time Patterson takes the floor, they're scoring 75 points, something like that. They score 71 and defeat Lutcher and roll to a big non-district win. In 3A, uh, we had, of course, Patterson. We talked about that a second ago. St. James defeats West St. John 69-30. to Good win for St. James in the early portion of the season. CCA was scheduled to play Glencoe Charter. That score is still not reported, so I don't know if that game actually took place. On Tuesday, boys basketball scoreboard from last night, we had East St. John falling to St. Paul 68-49. to it was Destrehan 51, Donaldsonville, or excuse me, Destrehan 57, Donaldsonville 51. A good win for Destrehan. East Ascension cruises past HL Bourgeois 77-55. Tough loss for the Braves who continue to struggle. We had Terrebonne in a game you're able to hear right here on KLEB get a 56-51 win over South Lafouche. The Tigers had a 17-point opening half lead. The Tarpons battled back, tied it with four minutes to go. Couldn't finish the comeback. The Tigers pull away late, get a 56-51 win in a really, really good high school basketball game. Karen Crow 62, Morgan City 47. Morgan City falls on their sword in non-district play. Over in 3A, uh, let's see. I don't think we have any 3A results. Nope, none in 3A. So that brings us down the list, and we go to single A where we have uh, nothing. So, okay, that's the end of our local scoreboard for last night. 
Uh, now we go to girls basketball. We got to catch you up there Monday. There's a tournament going on over at Thibodeau High School. Coach Ashley Adams and her crew are hosting a holiday event. And on Monday night, Ellender got a 33 to 31 win over Central Lafouche. That's a much needed win for Ellender. They've got to stockpile some wins, but it's also not a terrible result for Central Lafouche, showing that they could play with a team that should be one of the best teams in the state, but for whatever reason is not. Um, Terrebonne falls to South Lafouche 36-25, to so Coach Jenkins and her crew got a non-district win second time this year. South Lafouche beats Terrebonne. Thibodeau defended their home floor, getting a 47-29 win over Plaquemine over at their home tournament. So good win for the Lady Tigers, who probably are, if not the best, one of the best local girls basketball teams in our area. Whew, South Terrebonne is struggling on the girls' side. Central Catholic hammered them 56-16 on Monday night over at the Thibodeau tournament. And then other scores from around the area, we had CCA and Generette postpone their game. So that game was scheduled to be played and was not. Last night on the girls' basketball side, wrapping up our scoreboard, we had Central Lafouche beating South Lafouche decisively, 51-23. Second time this year, the Lady Trojans roar past the Lady Tarpons. East St. John and Patterson are on the schedule. No score reported. Get y'all scores in. Venting about that last night. Get y'all scores in. Um... Terrebonne falls to Plaquemine, 43-27. Thibodeau and Ellender are on the schedule. Nothing has been reported. Thibodeau defeats Central Catholic, 57-25. Um, Ellender defeats South Terrebonne, 48-19. So that's a good win for Ellender, who's starting to pick up a little bit of steam. Um, this is not a local score, but it's a friend of mine who coaches the team. My buddy, Coach Hannah Kador at Livonia, gets a 65-32 win over Bel Air. Good job, Coach Kador and the... Livonia team on a win there. We told you about South Lafouche and Central Lafouche. We told you about South Terrebonne and Ellender. Um, and I think that's going to about wrap it up. Bur Patterson and East St. John, no score reported. Homa Christian and Catholic of New Iberia was canceled. And, yeah, that's our local scoreboard for the last two days. Coach, let's talk about the game that we saw last night, South Lafouche and Terrebonne. Um, the Tarpons, we talked about this as we were walking out of the gym. They outplayed Terrebonne for 60%, 70% of the game. But the 35 to 40 percent of the game that they didn't was so lopsided that they dug nearly a 20 point hole, and it was a deficit that they couldn't dig themselves out of. The Tarpons fall in a non district play, and I'm sure it's going to be one that's going to sting for a little while because for the first 10, 12 minutes of the game, South Lafouche just wasn't ready to go. Yeah, I'm sure the Tarpons are, are kicking themselves this morning because the first, like you said, 10, 12 minutes of the game, they weren't ready to play. And uh, give credit to Terrible. Terrible had a great game plan. They played that zone. They were double team and triple team in BJ at times in the paint. And that they opened up a, a almost a 20-point lead in, in that uh, first half. Yeah, they switched defenses. Tarpon took advantage of it and played much better after that first initial start of the game and gave themselves a chance to win it in, in the fourth quarter and just came up a little short. So for the Tarpons, they now take themselves into the holiday break where they will be uh, you know, resting until the EDY tournament. The next time that Terrebonne plays, according to Coach Brown, I was talking to him last night a little bit, after this one, they're going to be playing Ellender on Friday. So before Christmas and all the bitter cold, they're going to be playing Ellender in their home gym. That'll be a rematch of a showdown that the teams had over at the Bourgeois tournament. Um Boy, you and I were talking about, oh, we want to go see E.D. White and Vanderbilt. That wouldn't be a bad place to be on Friday either, watching Terrebonne and Ellender play. That'll be a, a really good matchup of an Ellender team that has been off for two weeks. Um, 
Coach has been cruising the Caribbean. <laughs> we'll see how that's going to work out for the Patriots. But they did win their last two games at the Bourgeois Tournament, have had 13 days off, and now they're going to try to get a second crack at Terrebonne. And I remember, I remember vividly, I don't know if you were listening or not, Stan and I had Coach Cornell Scott on the sports corner, and we asked him about the Terrebonne game, and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm glad they won their championship game as we play them on the 23rd and we'll be ready. Like, they've got that one circled. That'll be a fun one on Friday night. Yeah, it will be. And look, I was uh, I was impressed with Terrebonne to start uh, started the game off. They uh, got the ball inside and they were making shots on the outside in, in that first uh, part of the game. So, uh, yeah, it's gonna be a, a fun game to watch if you're a, a high school basketball fan at Terrebonne Allen the game. And look, uh, we're not sure how much Allen has been practicing the the, uh, the last week. I mean, their coach was out of town and. You know, maybe the assistants took over or whatever, but Terrebonne's uh, starting to get hot right now. No doubt. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to go to Mr. Stan Gravois for our Terrebonne General Wednesday interview. Casey Gisclair on play-by-play will be right back after this break. You're listening to play-by-play on 102.7 FM KLEB. win a new golf cart. All you have to do is buy a new or pre-owned vehicle and get your chance to put your name into a drawing. During the months of November through January 31st, buy your next car, truck, or SUV and get your chance to win. See our collections of Chevy Silverados, Equinox, and Trailblazers arriving daily. Golden Motors, where price is priority. On Highway 3235 and cut off, Chevy, find new roads. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. There are over 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Fence RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Fence RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on over to Fence RV to experience a Top 50 dealer or visit us at FenceRV.com. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three and two stall restroom air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, Reserve, and now Odessa, Texas. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? 
Come see us at DoFriendLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the DoFriend difference. And welcome back to the Sports Corner, presented by Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute on ESPN 100.3. Casey Jiskler here with a producer in training. We've got Coach Brian Colley working hard today. We've got Stan Gravall on the phone lines right now. Stan, what's good, man? How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I hope I'm not in trouble with you because I kind of told Brian, I said, man, we, we got the A-team in there today. <laughs> no, no trouble at all, man. Look, I deserve that. I took the day off yesterday, as did you, so we're both slacking a little bit, but we're making it happen on this Wednesday. Uh, my friend, we were talking in the first segment, it's busy for basketball, it's busy for soccer, and, man, I got to tell you, I said a little prayer for your athletic trainers because there are some soccer matches scheduled over the next several nights. It's going to be brutally cold for those folks. I know they're going to provide service with a smile, but, boy, it's a tough time of the year. They're going to be enduring some very, very difficult weather conditions. It's the one sport I can't figure out related to when they play it. I got to tell you, it's, it's crazy. And I, I realize there's no other alternatives. You can't do it during football season. You can't do it in the spring during baseball and softball season. So it is what it is, but it's tough. This weekend, Terrebonne had a big tournament where they split it up playing between Tom B. Smith Stadium and the lakes over there near the uh, Bayou Country Complex. And I went and I sat and I thought to myself, these kids are special. And I don't mean special in a bad connotation. I mean just because it was cold this weekend, and it was misty all day Saturday, and I'm thinking, man, kudos to what, for what they're doing. And, and, and obviously with the World Cup kind of coming to an end, even if you don't like soccer at all, you know, it was exciting to see all of that happen. So people were sort of interested in it. Uh, that being said, again, it's, yeah, it's brutal. Our athletic trainers, you know, when we had our little Christmas party, and they're exchanging, like, warming scarves and <laughs> caps that go down over your ears to cover up your ears. One of them, it was, it was a vest that has an, uh, a sort of like a heater in it that you plug into a USB port. And I'm thinking, wow, that, that's what they have to do for their Christmas gifts just to stay warm for these soccer games. Basketball is such an enigma locally because it feels like we've got either teams that are poised to make a run or teams that we don't know if they're going to win another game this season. There's not a whole lot of in-between. We've got some very high-end teams. You know, We're talking the Vanderbilt girls of the world and a lot of teams that are really poised to go at it, but we've got some teams that are also not very good. It's kind of a haves and have-nots, and there's a big divide between the two. Yeah, not only that, you can't figure out, like, like who's getting their mojo together because every time they sort of get it together it's like two steps forward three back and that's the part that you know and unless you see it all and that's what i think you guys you know you and brian especially are going to have that luxury of seeing everybody and knowing on a given night this team can be that team if you don't see it and you're just judging by scores it's really tough to figure out it's you know Right when we thought even teams like HL who struggled early on, maybe they started getting it together, and then all of a sudden they go back where they were at. 
uh, South Lafouche. You know, they had a good little spurt there, and then with the Terrebonne game last night, is that a step backwards a little bit, or is Terrebonne that good? But then Terrebonne sort of had that little spurt where with Franklin they kind of took a step backwards. I still can't, you know, anoint Vanderbilt's team as being the best around simply because their sample size is not very big, one. And, two, I looked at the teams, and they're not all doing all that well that they've beaten, although they are beating the teams that are in front of them. And I just have a feeling that, uh, you know, our friend Cornell over there is just <laughs> hiding in the weeds a little bit, you know. And I think that Cornell might have something when we turn around into the new year on that team and, and they may kind of rise to the top. So, yeah, the one thing I can say and it pains me to say it as my alma mater, South Terrebonne. Woo, it's not real good in basketball, and it's actually not real good in soccer right now either. Partner, it's so weird, um, and we've talked about this a little bit at times here. Um, I haven't heard a peep out of Thibodeau High School. Like They, they have a head coaching football vacancy. I haven't heard anything, and, and that's strange because people usually like to talk. We usually hear stuff. I've not heard a word. I don't know what to make of that. Uh, boy, I agree with you 100% because not hiring a coach at this point is not surprising. Not hearing a peep, as you said, is like mind-blowing because you usually start to hear names, even if it's local names who are interested in a position, but you don't hear of anything like that. I will say this, it, what makes it so surprising is that Thibodeau's facilities, I mean, if if you're from here, you might be on the inside looking at it going, well, you know, some of their resources, they need this or they need that or whatever. But if you're from away from here, if you're just a person who comes in, and when I say away, I mean the New Orleans area, the Baton Rouge area, you would be blown away by what Thibodeau has. I, you know, and, and Brian could speak more to the pay scale related to all of that. I know it's not specifically very good, but... It seems like if there was a job open in the Bayou region and you were going to be semi-interested, that would be the one, right? I mean, they have a good sample size of people who come in all the way from Chack Bay and Kramer and, you know, up and down Bayou Lafouche all the way till you get to the central Lafouche border. So it's a lot of kids that go there. I just can't believe we haven't heard a, 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 a name. Now, look. Truth be known, we have sort of heard that name coming yeah. out of the Plaquemine area, but I think that's there's too much that has gone on there. There's too much, I don't know, there's too much dirty laundry with all of that, so I don't think that'll be the guy. Well, that name is no longer welcome in the Plaquemine area, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and the problem is is I'm not sure where it's welcome anymore because <laughs> I'm not sure it's welcome in the Lafouche Parish area. No doubt. Let's talk a little bit of college football. Today is the early signing day. First and foremost, before we dive into LSU, we want to extend our sincerest congratulations to the Matthew Broussard, who is an E.D. White product, going to UL Lafayette. Congratulations to him. Um, it was kind of a light and quiet day locally otherwise, but we do send one off to UL, and that's a lot of fun. That is a lot of fun, and he's my cousin. So that's there you go. even more fun. His mother is a is a Gravois. Uh, truth be known, Matt and I don't know each other at all, and the and the uh, the kinship is way down the line. But uh, it is exciting that he's going that way, and uh, you know that's a team that's sort of building itself insular with the Desormo kid, and 
I think they're in a situation where they're just trying to be that, that home school, if that can be on the college level. We're going to see so many colleges experimenting on how to do this going forward. Uh, the one thing I can say, and, and again, with, with ULF yet, is they're trying to do it where it's a lot of local guys on the staff and, you know, we're here and we're not going anywhere. This is not a stepping stone for us. And then you look at what Brian Kelly's doing and you really have to like it because, man, he's paying attention to detail and he's covering every position out there. And you, you said it best one time and it really made me think because I hadn't thought of it before. You can go out there and get all of the five stars you want, but if they're all wide receivers, you're not going to be a good football team. And it looks like Brian Kelly pays more attention to the entire roster and how he's getting players for the entire roster. We saw some of those guys on the defensive line sort of exit, you know, although we know Mason Smith's going to be back. There were some guys who decided and declared. And it's nice that you see some other guys who are coming in just to kind of fill that void. Let's talk about that because you're right. I'm over here at Terrebonne High School calling the game between the Tigers and the Tarpons, and my phone keeps blowing up. I'm like thinking, like, is there a family emergency? Like, what's going on? No, it's just push notifications from the recruiting sites. Oh, LSU got a new commitment. Oh, a new commitment, a new commitment. They got three defensive line transfer portal commitments in 10 minutes yesterday. It just goes to show, man, like you're getting dudes from all over the place. One of them has Louisiana ties. The others don't. You get Aaron Anderson from Alabama, former Ed the Car guy. LSU's already hit the portal four times, filling needs. Aaron Anderson, you maybe don't need wide receivers, but you know what he does well? He's a kick returner and a punt returner. That's a huge need for LSU. You get some depth on the defensive line. You're keeping your signing class intact. Most of those kids are expected to sign today. Boy, um, it's it's great work from Coach Kelly in his first recruiting cycle. Yeah, the three kids that are coming in on defense at a transfer, the nice thing about them is, is well, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's Oregon, it's Florida, and it's Arizona. You know, that's schools that are big schools, power schools, uh, not necessarily great schools, but you get to see them play against college competition. So there's no doubt that Coach Kelly knows that they can compete, you know, that they can go out there and play. It's not like they went to their particular schools and were just a bust. So that's kind of nice. And the other one is Aaron Anderson. I don't know if people in this area will remember, but when, you know, the storm hit, one of the things that happened was Jalen Lucas took off and he ended up at Carr. So Carr was playing on television that weekend. I forget against who, and you might know. It may have been Curtis. I'm not sure. I think so. Anyway, Aaron Anderson, you know, we're watching it, or I am, to see what Jalen Lucas is going to look like in a Carr uniform. And, you know, and I don't think he played maybe until the fourth quarter of that game. But, boy, I got a dose of Aaron Anderson, and it was it was impressive. And it was kickoff and punt returns. I think he had three in that game against Curtis. So that being said, I think you're exactly right. They got something that they really needed in that kid. He's going to be special. But there's a lot of other kids on there that are special. And you still have to build your infrastructure with high school kids. And uh, I, I think they're doing that. I, I find it impressive that the Hurd kid, who's a five-star, you know, offensive lineman coming in, is uh, cast his lot with LSU. And I think what's so impressive about that is is that he probably talked to Will Campbell, and Will Campbell probably told him, hey, look, I'm a freshman and I'm starting, and hey, man, you're better than me, you know. So there's a chance Zayla Hurd comes in and starts LSU. So, uh, yeah, they're doing all the right things. I've 
I thought that Brian Kelly has pretty much done, done a good job with all of that. What are your take on the bowl season, man? Everybody's got an opinion. I hear people all the time, oh, there's too many games. And, you know, I, I, I'd say this, this now sound like a broken record to the regular listeners. I don't care. Like, if they want to add more bowl games, I'm okay. Because guess what? There's college football on the TV today, this afternoon. Like, it gives us something to do. It's better than watching Cornhole on ESPN. It's a college football game, man. I understand the games don't mean anything. I understand most of the teams playing aren't any good. But it's still football on TV, man. How can you complain about that? I agree 100%. Last night I went to a, a Christmas party uh, of guys. It was all guys that, uh, you know, I sort of grew up with, but that – a lot of all-industry guys, and we're sitting around. And the nice thing is that was this huge television playing one of the bowl games last night. And I don't know that right now I could tell you the two. Well, one of them was Toledo. I can't remember who they were playing. It, but that didn't even matter. Football was on, right? Yep. And it wasn't a replay from, like, 1998 on the SEC Network. It was kind of nice that it was live. And every once in a while you would look, and if there was a good play or an athletic play, you would kind of look at it. So I got no problem with that. The one thing I'm trying to, you know, kind of rationalize in my brain is, is that who is playing their bowl game as the last game of this year and who is playing their bowl game as the first game of next year? Does that make any sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, I think there are some teams that are like, oh, we had a great year. Let's wrap it up with a great win. Let's go play. Let's really get after it you know and then you got the other teams who are going you know the coaches already said okay that was last year we're getting ready for next year this we're basically starting the 2023 season in our bowl game you know and we're going to try and improve from there so that's what's kind of weird and then you got the guys who just want to go get the nintendo game and the uh wristwatch <laughs> and go home you know look one of the bowl game results so far that was eye-opening to me, and I haven't read really much of anything into any of these results except one. Florida got blasted against Oregon State 30-3. to They played a quarterback besides Richardson because Richardson opted out to go to the NFL. He was not good. They couldn't run. They couldn't stop the run. They Look, and then today, the reason why I bring this up, Florida's had two or three of their commitments flip and sign somewhere else. Their recruiting class is beginning to tumble like – I know that it takes a little time, but time is running out pretty quick for Mr. Napier. You're finished six and seven. Your recruiting's not going well. Like there are a lot of signs that there may be some red flags flying in the sky out there in Gainesville. No, and you know that whole time he was in Lafayette, and I watched it yep. because I kind of followed the Sun Belt. It was he—he he was on the edge, man. Less miles. I know yeah, it was uh, – well, listen, I don't think anybody's as crazy as Miles, <laughs> but uh, he was uh, – he, he, there was a lot of luck involved there. He took a lot of chances. What was his thing about money? Uh, you know, something money don't make money or whatever. Yeah, scared money don't make money. Yeah, and, and all of that. And that was all great. And the whole time I was thinking to myself, yeah, Put that on a T-shirt at the University of Florida when you don't make it on fourth down and three, <laughs> or you don't do this, or you. And, and the problem is, is listen, that quarterback who went into that bowl game, he was awful. And I mean, if that's what you're going forward with at Florida, that's that's awful. Now he's got the portal to rely on, and I got to tell you, Gainesville's got a lot of pluses. There, there's a lot. Of, 
you know, even our kids in our area, when they go to a camp for volleyball, or there was a time probably about 15 years ago, there was a nice baseball camp in the Florida area, and our kids would come back, and they were amazed, and they all wanted to go there. So I guess there's some sort of resources maybe to get some of those guys out of the portal there. That's a long way to go, man. And I'm going to tell you what, Tennessee's not getting any worse, and Georgia's not getting any worse. So Florida is going to be in deep every year, I have a feeling. My friend, the Saints are playing the Cleveland Browns on Christmas Eve. That'll be on Saturday at noon. It's supposed to be just rotten weather out in Cleveland. It's supposed to be 23 degrees, snowy, windy, 25, 30-mile-an-hour winds. The Saints are going to be without some offensive linemen. So in a run game, you're going to be without some of your you know, run blockers. That's tough. Andy Dalton doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. Vegas thinks, listen to this, over under just 32 points. So Vegas thinks this will be 17 to 10, like an ugly game. It's going to be brutal weather here. It's going to be even more brutal weather in Cleveland. That should be an ugly game on Christmas Eve. Uh, the Saints, you know, beating Atlanta didn't do a whole lot for my confidence because I thought that was a game that they could have probably sort of stepped on the Falcons' neck and taken off with it, and they just couldn't. And that was a little alarming because I don't think that Atlanta, I don't think Atlanta's good at all in the first place. But with Ritter trying to find his way at quarterback, I thought it should have been a whole lot worse than what it was. So that being said, it's not like I'm rejuvenated on the Saints, and I do think Cleveland sort of got the up arrow next to them because I think they're playing a little bit better. So I don't have a lot of confidence in what's going to happen. Uh, I saw where Cesar Ruiz was put on the injured reserve list and at first I was like oh man that's a starting lineman and then I thought well it's Cesar Ruiz <laughs> maybe that's a good thing maybe we get to see <laughs> a couple of other guys get in there and, and what they could do uh, no I think you know the Saints are just playing it out I think it's you know I said this about a month ago it's like the little emoji guy who's got his hands up like ah you know it is what it is will I be watching the game yeah probably so I mean I'm a Saints fan and, and it's funny, as much as we laugh that they still have a chance in that division, right, it keeps you kind of interested yeah. just a little bit. You know, I don't even know if it would even be that it's the same. It could be anybody in that division, and we're going, God, that division's so bad. Let's see who of the bad is going to come out of this. So it keeps you just a little interested that if they beat Cleveland, hmm, what's going to happen here? Because i got to tell you, everybody in that division bad everybody in that division is bad including the tampa bay buccaneers who man i've never seen a team more snake bitten they played beautifully for about a quarter and a half against the Bengals. they were winning 17 nothing everything looked great and then it felt like every play they were turning over the ball like fumbles and you know tom brady just drops an exchange with fournette and they're throwing interceptions and like i always in the back of my mind stan had this idea like Maybe Tampa's just kind of holding back. Maybe, you know, Brady's going to be more willing to get hit later in the year. Maybe they're going to block a little harder. Maybe, you know, they know that they've got control of the division or kind of peeling back. No, I'm over that. The Bucks are terrible. I have, uh, boy, this is it's almost, you know, if you're a big Tom Brady fan, you know, what I'm going to say is sacrilegious, but I finally – in the last maybe two or three games of watching him have come to the conclusion that he he's old. Yeah. You know, he's getting there's something even in that game, you know, this past weekend where he 
a couple of times maybe in his younger days could have picked up the two or three yards just running it for a first down. Wouldn't even try it. So, yeah, I think he's probably done. But I think more importantly, what we need to talk to you about is your Dallas Cowboys. Well, my, my <laughs> Dallas Cowboys gave one away, and, I, and I, will, I will eat the crow for that. But first, how crazy was it that in the last NFL weekend – we had Matt Ryan blow a 30-point lead, and it wasn't even the wildest finish of the day because you got New England doing whatever the hell they were doing at the end against oh. Las Vegas. That was unbelievable. Stan, what what were you thinking as you're seeing that? Like, what are they doing? So, you put together what happened in New England, which was totally, absurdly crazy. Then you get the Buffalo game against Indianapolis, and in no specific order. Then you get the call where the official right. actually told the guy from Washington to step up. He steps up, and then he drops the flag. And if you are any kind of conspiracy theorist, <laughs> you're now going, whoa, something's up, man. Because even Tom Brady turning the ball over that many times, you're going, are these guys kind of throwing things a little bit? Because it, 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 it was a strange weekend of football. You, you know, you mentioned what happened in the Indianapolis game. That I I feel bad for Matt Ryan. I don't know how else. I know you know truck gives him a hard time, noodle arm, and all of that <laughs> stuff. But that that was just like that guy's got to be snake bitten a little bit, and and I don't understand it. The guy from New England who threw that somebody was calling for Belichick's head on the national media that a coach shouldn't let that happen. Do you think that that Bill Belichick was sitting there going? Okay, listen, if you're running with the ball and you can't get in the end zone, just turn around blindly and throw it back to the middle of the field. So, yeah, sometimes you can't blame the coach for that. And, uh, again, well, you know, that, that deal in Washington is mind-boggling. That actually, boy, and this is going to, you know, I'm sure some Saints fans will disagree. That, that call where he told that guy to move up to the line of scrimmage, he did, and then he threw a flag on it is worse than when the yeah. Saints, you know, missed out on the yeah. Super Bowl. Because that was just a missed call. I hope it wasn't intentional. But this one was like, okay, do this so that I can throw a penalty flag on you. So that was kind of wild. And, again, uh, we are going to talk about the Cowboys? Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about the Cowboys. The Cowboys <laughs> fell flat, uh, blew a lead, Dak Prescott wants to like everybody wants to blame Dak for everything that pass was dropped into the defensive back's hands but boy it it reminds you it, it reminds you they are still the Cowboys and nothing is ever safe nothing could ever be taken for granted and now they're playing the Eagles on Christmas Eve with Jalen Hurts likely not in the lineup I'm fully convinced Garter Minshew's going to carve that secondary up and the Eagles are going to beat him anyway so here's my thoughts on that if the Cowboys go out this weekend and they beat the Eagles without Jalen Hurts, I think the Cowboys still have a chance. I think it gives them, you know, a little emotional boost. I think it does whatever it does. But if they go out and they get beat by the Eagles and Garner Minshew, that's it. They're done. That, that's it. Sean Payton's probably their coach next year. <laughs> you know, it's, everything starts to fall in place for uh, – Jones maybe getting everything lined up. Or who knows, maybe Odell Beckham comes in and saves the day for the Cowboys. Oh, boy, you're making me feel much better. Odell's going to come <laughs> and save the day. Stan, thanks so much for the time, brother. And if I don't speak with you beforehand, very Merry Christmas to you, partner. 
Same to y'all. Uh, everybody be safe, first and foremost, and I hope you guys, Brian, back there in the studio with you, truck everybody. Y'all have a great Christmas and uh, a good in-between. The best time of the year for me is in-between Christmas and New Year's. That's a fun time. I hope everybody has a great time. Absolutely, partner. I just Stan Gravel doing an excellent job, as always. It is play-by-play here on KLEB. And we will uh, catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to go to Taylor Griffin. He and I will talk about a lot of the same stuff that Stan and I talked about. Uh, we'll also talk maybe a little more heavy on the high school side. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this quick commercial timeout. Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. It's Mike to tell you for Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Listen up. That's what we did at Gravely. We listened to lawn professionals. Then we brought the professional performance home. Gravely residential zero-turn mowers show the neighborhood that you mean business. Zero turns that are as tough as nails operate a comfort beyond compare. We've had 100 years of professional advice to perfect cutting performance. Just drop the deck, put the neighbors on notice. Gravely, driven from within. At Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Locations in Homa, LaRoe, and Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control, safe, effective, guaranteed. If you've never been to a Rouse's Market during the holidays, we'd like to officially invite you. We're your fresh seafood market for your casseroles and dressings, your full-service butcher shop with Cajun specialties, your place to get your complete holiday dinner. Above all, we're a family-owned grocery store that supports our community so you can feel really good about shopping for your holiday meal without running around town to check off your list. The best stuff for the holidays is right here at Rouse's. At Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. 
achieve a healthier lifestyle but have little time, the Terrebonne General Executive Health Program can improve your overall health for a lifetime in one visit. With little to no waiting, you get a whole year of wellness in one convenient location. Our preventative screenings increase your well-being by providing early detection against illness. With exceptional VIP service, you leave with a plan in hand to achieve a healthier lifestyle tailored for you. Call the Terrebonne General Executive Health Team at 985-850-6204 today. And welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey just over with Coach Brian Colley. We go to the phone lines for the last time today. We have uh, Taylor Griffin on the line. It's Wednesday and it's 12 15. It's a great time to go to the turtle. Brother, what's good, man? How you doing today? Hey, doing well. How you guys doing today? Doing great, bro. Uh, let's start off with the game that we called last night, which was South Lafouche and Terrebonne. The Tigers get a win over the Tarpons. Um, South Lafouche started slow, battled back, couldn't finish the comeback. Terrebonne gets in, I thought, a very impressive win. Talk about the way the game went down. Yeah, um, without trying to sound too negative and really beat the Tarpons up, um, they know what they did. They saw what we saw. They lived what we what we called. Uh, you know, they started off pretty sloppily. Um, that's, that's just me being real. Um, the defensive effort really wasn't there in the beginning. They gave up a lot of easy layups. They uh, they weren't coming over to help the you know anytime someone would get beat off the dribble it, it was just you know no one was there to to take a charge or at least stop the ball and force them to to get rid of it uh, it was just a lot of uh, open lanes it was it was a little it was uncomfortable to watch not the Tarpon basketball we're used to seeing last night as far as defensive uh, effort goes but other than that man they battled back they fought hard. Um, they they did really well in spurts on offense. They they found ways to score. You know, BJ Daniels did his thing on the glass. Uh, he was really impressive. Um, Jacob Curall had a few uh, good looks. You know, he he did some good things last night before he went down with his ankle injury. Uh, Nick Coleman had a decent game as well offensively. But uh, you know, overall definitely could have been better i think it was a very winnable game but look terrebonne is a very good team and as we had talked about a lot on the broadcast last night uh you know they went through a major coaching change and with that came you know an attitude change a culture change uh a discipline change all three of those things far the better you know uh, coach brandon brown's doing a good job over there so it's uh terrebonne's going to be tough for years to come uh, as far as you know, if the talent at Homer keeps uh, heading that way, you know, it's, uh, they're going to be a tough team to beat. It's crazy. Let's talk about that. Because people often wonder, like, how much of a difference does a coach actually make? We saw that firsthand. Those guys are way more prepared, way more disciplined, and they play a different style, different brand of basketball. And that's 100% a byproduct of that coaching change. Yeah, man, that, that's that's huge. Uh, a coaching change could make all the difference in the world in one year. And when when he got there, I mean, he he inherited kind of a mess as far as, you know, we, we've been in that terrible gym before where the players are arguing with each other, the players are arguing with the coach, the coach is arguing with them, the fans are arguing with the coach and the players. The players are yelling at their parents to shut up. Then the, I mean, you, we've seen guys just walk off the bench and go in the locker room. 
that place has been quite the circus in recent years. And what uh, what Coach Brown is doing there now, it, you know, he's really trimmed off the fat and cleaned up the mess. And he's uh, he's really taking it by the horns and leading them forward, which is good to see for that school. All right, so let's talk about this. You and I have um, we have drawn the ear of some of our listeners in recent weeks. We have made the statement openly uh, that we think that Brandon Daniels is the best South Lafouche High School basketball player on the boys' side since Clarence Moore. Some folks have, well, not some folks, most folks have agreed with that sentiment. Others have not. Uh, I don't know. I don't think there's much of a debate, to be honest with you. I think that it's it's pretty clear. But who are some of the other folks that we could consider? Who are some of the other players? Like, are we maybe being short-sighted? Are we maybe not seeing this through? Who are some of the other folks we could consider when we're having this debate and this discussion? Oh, man, you know, I just happened to be bored this morning and make a little top ten list just for fun. So I'm going to go ahead and spit that out to you right now. Now, look, some of these guys on this team, uh, on this list, let me state, I'm talking really talented guys who, you know, are extremely valuable to their team at the time. And it would kind of put you in a situation of if he's not in the game, uh uh-oh, what are we going to do? You know, it puts you in the situation of when the crowd is coming, watch the game, and they don't have a dog in the fight. They don't have a kid on the floor. They just come and watch Tarpon basketball. Who's the guy this year that they're going to keep their eyes on. So that's how I made this list. Now, sure. They, these are my top ten South Lafouche boys basketball players since the departure of Clarence Moore. So I'm already going to make things complicated with number ten because it was really hard placing either one there, so I'm just going to have a tie for tenth. I think these guys are interchangeable. They actually played some years together at uh, if I'm not mistaken, one graduated the year after the other. But I think I have an interchangeable number 10 here. And Dustin Dufresne and Kobe O'Quinn, those two guys were very talented, very important to their team. They were in the very, very early years in the post-Clarence Moore era. And I don't think we can make a list without mentioning them, you know, in these last 23 years. Uh Next, I have Seth Sheremy coming in at number nine. Seth was a great point guard, great floor general, graduated in 2013. He was an excellent leader. Oh, yeah. Uh, both, both leading by example and leading vocally. He always did the little things right. And he was the one where if we get in a situation where Seth is not on the floor, uh-oh, he needs to hurry up and get back in. Uh, number eight. I have Caden Sheremy. Caden Sheremy was an extremely talented player. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, did he not have a stint at St. Mary College? Oh, not a stint. Though He played the full four years, brother. He had a great college he career. He played a full four. Okay, okay, I thought so. Yeah, Caden Sheremy, and uh, not that anyone's asking me to defend every single one, but I think I just will since we got some time. <laughs> I have Caden at number eight where some people might say, oh, he's, he's better than that. He's, and he, you know, individually, he may be better than some of the other guys on the list. But the reason he's not is because Caden Sheremy played with a great, great group of guys. Some of the guys he played with, like 
yeah, if Caden Sheremy's not in the game, oh, man, we got to get him back in there. But it wasn't a panic situation because, you know what, Caden was surrounded by a bunch of great teammates. Caden played on some of the best teams with the best some of the best records that the school's ever seen. Yep. I mean, he still he had Wesley Rhodes as a teammate. He had at least one year with Kyle Fonseca. He had Josh Botto. He had Brenner Colley. So while Caden not being in the game could spell for trouble, it didn't spell for disaster. So that's why I have him up here at number eight. Uh, number seven, I have Seth Bourne, who uh, was a very good player. I believe he finished in about 26. 17, he he was a guy um, that if he was not on the floor, you start to worry, oh, man, how are we going to manage this game without him? Yes, he had some really good teammates, but he was an extremely talented individual player, very methodical, very crafty, very sneaky good. You would never think he was as good as he was until the end of the game and you realize that, a really big reason why we just won. And then you look at the stat sheet and it's like, man, how did he just get these sneaky 24 points? Yeah. It didn't look like it. It didn't feel like it while watching, but you couldn't deny the numbers. Uh, next, I have Greg Carabone, who was an extremely talented player. Uh, he was one where if he's not on the floor, you really want to get him back out there soon. He was one where um, the crowd that was there to watch us just to watch Tarpon basketball, he was the guy. He was the guy that year. He was the guy for a couple years, actually. And, um, you know, he actually walked on at LSU. I want to say his second year, he even happened to earn a scholarship. You know, he played with uh, with Big Baby and Garrett Temple and all those guys. Uh, Greg Carabone, number six. So, number five, I got Chris Bruce, the big man who – Always had the meanest look on his face, ready to bruise some people down low. And he was athletic. He could dunk. He could block shots. He could get rebounds. As a sophomore, he was a major contributor on the 99 team who were the state runner-ups. He was playing down low with Clarence Moore, but since he played after him, and he was such a major impact on, you know, on that 2000 team, um, you know, if he's not in the game, you really – you really start to worry because you lo- you lose a big presence down low with without Chris Bruce. Uh, number four, I've got Kyle Fonseca, fantastic player, electrifying player, could do anything outside, inside. He had post moves. He had a three-point shot. He could shoot mid-range off the dribble. He could dunk. He could block shots, rebound. He could do it all for you. Um, he's the guy. Now, look, he had some great teammates, but – I think it's safe to say that he was the guy when you were trying to figure out who's the guy that year. Uh, number three, I've got Josh Bado. Josh Bado played on some really, really good teams. He was surrounded by greatness, but I think he was the greatest on those teams. He also uh, walked on at LSU. Josh Bado, I would, while I never got to personally play with him at the high school level because of the age gap, I've played in a men's league tournament with him and when we were in our low 20s i would go to war any day with that dude it's a mule bro is <laughs> you want him in the trenches with you he is an absolute warrior and a hell of a basketball player number two i've got trayvon evans from the class of 2013 um 
he was surrounded by some really good teammates. You know, you had Sean Sheremy, you had Seth Sheremy, you had Grant Pete. Uh, you had some good guys on that on that crew, but you would panic for a little while if Trayvon was out, whether it was a foul trouble, an injury, uh, a broken nose like we saw. I mean, he was super athletic. He could score from anywhere. We saw him score 40 on the road in an amazing come-from-behind victory in a hostile environment. Uh, we've seen him in playoff situations. Uh, I do think he could have played college ball if he would have reached out and maybe was willing to travel further. I don't know his personal situation. Uh, I wish him all the best, obviously. I love Trayvon. He was a, he was a pleasure to coach. He was a pleasure to watch. Um, he is number two on my list in best players since Clarence Moore. And number one is Brandon Daniels, who we've been saying all this time. Um, I've said it a million times. He's, he could do it all inside, outside, block shots, rebounds, and what makes him even better. You know, a couple years ago, I know I'm jumping all over the page here. A couple years ago we said, okay, he's the best 10th grader to ever play at this school since Clarence Moore. Okay, he's, he's the best 11th grader to ever play at this school since Clarence Moore's junior year. And now it's just clear cut. I think at the end of last year, before he finished his junior year, we just jumped straight to yeah. the best player since Mo. Um, he's the guy. He's worth the price of admission every single night. He does it all, and what makes him really, really special this year is he cranked up his defense times 10. He's taken so much extra pride in doing the little things right and being a leader on both sides of the floor. He's I'm telling you folks, if you've never seen him yet, it's not too late. It's going to be a while before we see another one like this. He is the guy. He is the best player in South Lafourche boys basketball history since Clarence Moore. So so where were you on the list, Turtle? Like 13th, 14th? About 11. Keep going. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you were honorable mention, you just missed out? No, I wouldn't say I wouldn't put myself that high uh, because there's some other guys that we left off the list that would be some really good honorable mentions. Uh, you know, you can't go without mentioning guys like Wesley Rhodes, uh, Robert Vig. You know, guys that were really, really important to their team. And I don't like to speak highly of myself. I mean, yeah, look, it's no secret. I know individually, statistically, I had a damn good senior year. <laughs> we. We didn't win as many games as we should have. Uh, if I was not on the floor, which was very rare, yeah, I'm sure there were some, man, we got to get them back out there. But I'm not going to talk about myself that way. I'll let the other people judge. If we were to make a next 10, I don't know, maybe I'm 18 or 19, but that's for other people to discuss, not for me. <laughs> what about Ryan, Ryan Pete? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Ryan Pete, um, Ryan Pete and Scott Abair are both some very strong honorable mentions that come in that 13, 14, not the years, like next, next on the list. You know, top, top 12, top 13, maybe. Those guys, you know, uh, Scott Abair was a great point guard, great floor general, did all the little things right. If he's off the floor, you need him back out there as soon as possible. And, you know, probably the best Ryan to ever play. Uh, South Lafourche basketball, Ryan Pete. Um, he, how do we go without mentioning him? 
he's a great honorable mention. Maybe maybe a strong eleven and a half, twelve in that list. Whew. Okay, <laughs> very good. I appreciate your time and effort in making that list, uh, partner. Let's talk a little bit of college football. LSU is going through their early signing period. Um, and they're keeping their class together. They're hitting the transfer portal. They're rolling right now. What are some things that the Tigers um, need to work on? Because, man, right now it looks like it's flawless. I'm sorry, Casey, you cut out for just a second. Could you repeat that? Uh, yeah. How, what do you make of LSU's uh, signing day efforts right now? Because, man, they're cruising. They're getting guys in the portal. They're like It, it is rocking and rolling right now in Baton Rouge. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've been, uh, been scrolling through Facebook this morning seeing – Seeing a few really strong signees, um, man. They, uh, I don't know who's their head of recruiting these days. Maybe you can answer that one for me quickly. I, I, you know, I don't know who's doing. Whoever it is, they're doing a hell of a job. Um, you know, keeping some good guys in state. You know, I think we pulled a guy uh, in the transfer portal out of Florida. You know, that's always a big win when you get a rival SEC guy that wants to come play for you instead of play. Uh, you know, play at Florida. You know, that's that's big. Um, LSU today looking great. Um, already can't wait for next season. And we didn't even finish this season yet. Bro, uh, let's talk about the Nichols Colonels, man. The Colonels are good. They are legitimately good. Like, it's one thing to – you know, go and play Trinity Baptist and win by a million and force turnovers and get out in transition and get some dunks. But, like, that's the way that they challenge everybody that they play. They almost beat Mississippi State over the weekend. They almost beat Texas Tech. Like, we're looking at a situation where not only do I think Nichols could get in, I wouldn't be surprised if once they got in, they gave a 14-seed hell. Like, that's just what we've seen out of this team. They're really, really good, man. Yes, yes. They are such a pleasure to watch. Now, look, anyone listening to the show that haven't seen the Nichols men's basketball team yet, y'all think I speak highly of Brandon Daniels and South Lafouche? It's the same level here. Yeah. Nichols men's basketball is worth every single penny. It's worth the trip to Thibodeau. If you're already in Thibodeau, just get there. You've got no excuse. I don't want to hear it. Nichols men's basketball needs your support. They are so fun to watch. Uh, they've got size. They've got athleticism. They've got a bunch of high-flying showtime dunkers. They've got guys that drain threes from NBA range, and they bully teams. They are the bully. They hit you in the mouth, and they don't stop kicking you while you're down. It's, if they score less than 80 points, it's a flat-out disappointment. It's, uh, it's worth Every bit, man. Uh, you got guys like Latrell Jones, who's from New Orleans, but you know ended up in Portland. He transferred and made his way back way closer to home. You got a guy named Caleb Huffman, who's a ridiculous shooter and ridiculous athlete. You got a uh, you got Manny Littles, who's a electrifying big man with you know he his personality on the floor is worth watching. Just that you know he'll talk some noise in guys' ears. He'll as you had mentioned in the broadcast the other night, he will yell at the wing while he's guarding the post on defense to throw it in because he wants to make the guy that he's guarding look foolish. <laughs> Just that is worth the trip to the game. Uh, Nichols men's basketball is great, man. Austin Clunch really got it going on, and his his staff, he's got a great great support around him. And, um, you know, it's, 
I would not be shocked if this is finally the year. You know, after the last two, they won the conference regular season championship, but it's finally time to win the conference tournament championship, get into the big tournament, and I would not be shocked at all if they pulled the first round upset. In lieu of some wrestling talk, because I haven't watched a whole lot, and, and you know, it's kind of a slow time uh, while we're waiting for the Royal Rumble, I have a random question. Do you watch Young Rock by any chance on television? Man, I was I was locked in on the first season. The night it would premiere, I'd either catch it that night or like the next night on Hulu when the replay would become available. And I just sort of fell off. I've not seen any recent episodes. The last ones that I kind of saw clips of were when, you know, they were showing flashbacks of him and his family, and they made some kind of reference to the young Roman Reigns when they were all gathered around the TV or the couch or whatever, and it was, you know, one day we could face each other at WrestleMania. But, look, other than that, no, I've not been following the show enough to know what's going on at this point. Yeah, I was just curious. And, look, I'm behind, too. I just started watching. I'm about four or five episodes into the first season. But I just think it's, like, cool, man. Like, it's a cool look back at some of the old territory days and, you know, seeing, you know, the story of his life. And, you know, now where they are, and the reason why I was asking, if you were were up to date, like, I watched a trailer for the uh, latest episode. Like, we're all the way to the Attitude Era. Like, he's cutting promos on the show at Stone Cold Steve Austin. And, like, I didn't realize it was going to get that far into his life but it's pretty cool to see and I, I'm going to follow it all the way through man like it's going to take me through my own childhood as well going back into the late 90s and everything beyond oh so that right there I, I wasn't even aware so it's time for me to catch up is what you're telling me because yeah, any uh any opportunity to catch an old raw you know especially you know when before Stone Cold became the the heavyweight champ and when him and Rock were battling it out for the Intercontinental Championship, and that was some of the best battles, some of the best promos, some of the best television that you could ask for. Uh, and now that you're telling me that they got actors reenacting it on uh, on Young Rock, I mean, it's time for me to get back on the horse and watch this show. No doubt. We're getting closer to the Rumble. Last question I got for you. I know that you know we've kind of asked the same thing for almost two, three months now. Do you have any lean as to where this is going, man? Oh, there's so many rumors and whispers, and I don't know if Cody's ready. I don't know if he's not ready. The Rock's hanging in there. Like I'm going to ask you every week until the Rumble happens. Where are you leaning right now? I'm leaning heavy on a uh, Cody Rhodes surprise return, and he wins the Royal Rumble. Um, I'm still I'm not 100% sure whether The Rock makes a surprise appearance on Royal Rumble night whether as a participant or just a last last minute promo after the main event for a little face off at Roman Reigns and they point at the Wrestlemania sign hanging in the rafters I really don't know where to go with that I don't think Personally, I don't, I don't think The Rock, whether he wants to or not or if it's in his schedule, I don't think he's willing to join in the Rumble as a full participant and then run a full program where yeah. he shows up on TV weekly until Mania. Uh, I think they're going to continue to milk that surprise. I really wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't show up until WrestleMania, like, night two, right before you know, a shocking match with Roman Reigns or the end of night one where he challenges Roman Reigns to fight him in night two. 
uh, I, I don't think, as much as we'd love to see it, I don't think he's cut out for a full three-month run at this point in his life. Yeah, I got you. Well, look, bro, thanks so much for the time. Have a great rest of the day, Pana. Yep, you too. Uh, you guys have a good one. Thanks for everything. And uh, as always, go Tarps, and God bless America. That is Taylor Griffin doing an excellent job. I appreciate his effort on his top ten list. That was a lot of fun to hear. What are your thoughts? You've uh, you heard the the turtle speak, and you know he gave us Dustin Dufresne, Kobe Oquinn, Seth Jeremy, Caden Jeremy, Seth Bourne, Greg Terrebonne, Chris Bruce, Kyle Fonsicott, Josh Botto, Trevon Evans, Brandon Daniels. You coached most of those guys either in middle school or in high school. Oh, I know this as I was listening to the list, man. Hot dog, those are some really good players that have come through our area in the last twenty or so years. Yeah, and I'm sure you're gonna have a number of them, uh, you know, left off that list, like any list you do. But, uh, yeah, it's a pretty solid list by, by Turtle. Do you agree that Daniels is the best since Moore? Yes. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. I was curious to hear your perspective uh, because you've coached all these other great players. But, yeah, I don't think that And, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go ahead and rank yeah, yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yes, he, he, I mean, he's uh, – look what he's doing. It looks different. It just yes. looks different. Look what he does. I mean, he's uh, he can get the ball. He, he penetrates, uh, gets a rebound. He takes it coast to coast. He, and it's not just straight dribblings. He's he making crossover moves behind the back, whatever it is, and he's taking it to the rim and finishing. And he has an outside shot also. So uh, it's very hard to argue yeah. that opinion. Let's catch a break when we get back. We've got mailbag questions on play-by-play. We'll be right back with your questions get answered and also our betting picks to wrap up the show. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to KLEB. 1600 AM and K274 DE 102.7 FM Golden Meadow. The music on the bayou, the rage and Cajun. 1600 AM, KLEB and 102.7 FM. The French Connection, the all new Rage and Cajun, 102.7 FM. It's the Big Finner Sales event right now at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. It's Mike to tell you for Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Listen up. That's what we did at Gravely. We listened to lawn professionals. Then we brought the professional performance home. Gravely residential zero-turn mowers show the neighborhood that you mean business. Zero turns that are as tough as nails operate a comfort beyond compare. We've had 100 years of professional advice to perfect cutting performance. Just drop the deck, put the neighbors on notice. Gravely, driven from within. At Neal Small Engine Incorporated, locations in Homa, LaRoe, and Thibodeau. 
Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective guaranteed. If you've never been to a Rouse's Market during the holidays, we'd like to officially invite you. We're your fresh seafood market for your casseroles and dressings, your full-service butcher shop with Cajun specialties, your place to get your complete holiday dinner. Above all, we're a family-owned grocery store that supports our community so you can feel really good about shopping for your holiday meal without running around town to check off your list. The best stuff for the holidays is right here at Rouse's. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Look at Coach Kale working the board like a champ. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We are teaching the old dogs some new tricks here on play-by-play. We've got some mailbag questions. I've got seven that I'll get answered. Then we'll get to our betting picks. We want to thank everybody for listening today. It's been a very good show. And one second, I'll be back in like three seconds. (laughs) I had to roll my office chair across the studio to go get my sponsor sheet because I want to thank the Blue Boot Foundation, Bentz RV, Southland Dodge, and Homa, Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs. Because power is our middle name. Neil Small Engine, Dufresne Building Materials, got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. I want to shout them out in just a second. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. Look, I'm proud of all of our sponsors, but I could say firsthand, this is a firsthand testimonial. We used Buzz Off about two weeks ago. Because the mosquitoes were so bad at the house that when you would open the car door and close it, you were then in a a mosquito sauna of 30 or 40 mosquitoes. All you heard was them buzzing around. We called Buzz Off. There's not a single mosquito anymore in our driveway, in our yard. You could go roll around with your shirt off and you ain't going to get bit by a mosquito now. Uh, Buzz Off works. It is safe, effective, guaranteed. They say guaranteed results. The Jiskler, the, the Jiskler family agrees. They um, they took care of our mosquito problem in a big, big way. We've got some mailbag questions. I'm at Casey underscore Jiskler on Twitter. We're at Kaylee B Radio on Twitter. I'm Casey Jiskler on Facebook. We're Kaylee B Radio on Facebook. My personal email address is at Jiskler Casey, or assuming not at Jiskler Casey, Jiskler Casey at gmail.com. If you got my cell number, I'm not saying that over the air, but if you've got it, shoot me a text. (laughs) Um, You could text me a question. The first listener wants to know, Casey, what do you make of the money the Mets are spending 
and all of the spending that's going on in Major League Baseball, the Mets are going to have a payroll that's going to approach a half a billion dollars this upcoming season. Last night, they added to that, signing um, Correa, Carlos Correa, to a $300-plus million contract over 12 years. It's a Mets team that spins and spins and spins and doesn't find any results, and I, I, I hate to be a Debbie Downer if there are any Mets fans out there. I still don't think they're going to be better than the Braves and the Phillies in the National League East because all they did was supplement guys that they lost. They lost Jacob DeGrom, replaced him with Verlander, and you know they lose other starters. Like They're just plugging holes that they had in the ship, but the spending in the sport is outrageous. Like, the Braves lost Dansby Swanson, right? That's that's their big shortstop. You know, they 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 lost him to free agency. And yeah, that's disappointing. But at the end of the day, it's really not all that disappointing because Dansby Swanson's not worth 177 million dollars. Like he's just a nice player. He's not a franchise changing player. He's not a a guy that just by having him on the team it changes life. He's like a seven hole hitter for Atlanta. The money in the sport is ridiculous. It's crazy to think. Um, that a guy like Dansby Swanson will attract that much money. Like the spending has gone out of control, and I just don't know where it's going to stop. And I, I just don't know that it necessarily works. Like the teams that spend the whole lot, your Yankees, your Boston's. Like it's been a while since those teams brought it home. The Dodgers spend the ton. They didn't even get out of the first round of the playoffs. Like I don't know. I don't know that this is the best way. I still think the best way is spending a little bit but also having a great form system and developing players from a younger age. Next listener wants to know, Casey, is it time for the Pelicans fans to panic? It's been a rough week for New Orleans. Panic? No. But this is why whenever they were first place in the West and everybody was having parades and celebrations and, oh, we're the best team, we're a basketball town, this is why I was the only one on the radio saying, hey, uh, pump the brakes, you're not there yet. The Pelicans lost to the Jazz twice, lost to the Suns, lost to the Bucks at home. They've still got a ways to go. The advantage that New Orleans has is that they're a group that really likes one another. They've got great chemistry. And in the NBA in the regular season, when guys are hungover and are not playing hard, that powers you through a lot of bad situations. But I still think they don't defend well enough. I still think they don't have enough outside shooting. They don't have a true point guard. C.J. McCollum's their point guard. He's not a, a point guard by trade. I still think there are some holes there, and I still think they are a year or two away from us seriously considering them a championship contender. So not time to panic. You're headed in the right direction, but probably a year or two away. Listener wants to know, Casey, how bad will LSU beat Purdue on January 2nd? Um I just hope they beat him by one or more, right? Uh, they're going to be favored to win by a lot. I don't know if that's going to materialize because LSU does have some guys who are going to be missing the game too. Um, I just think LSU is going to be able to run it right at them, and I don't know that Purdue is going to have much of an answer for that. I think that Purdue can maybe take advantage of some things in the LSU secondary, which is a little bit depleted, but they don't have their number one receiver or their quarterback, so I don't know how crisp that's going to look. I think LSU is going to beat them up up front, run the ball right at them, and I think that they'll have some success there. I think LSU will win by a touchdown or two. But truly, in these bowls, you never know. I would just take any type of victory for the Tigers. This is a good question from a listener who wants to know, Casey, if you could start an NFL franchise with any one non-quarterback, who would you take? So I'm not allowed to take Josh Allen. I'm not allowed to take Mahomes. Any non-quarterback. I'm going to show my Cowboys allegiances here. I'm going to take Micah Parsons. 
I mean, what do you think that's fair? Micah Parsons is an animal, right? I mean, he, he just disrupts the game. He causes chaos. He goes sack the quarterback. He could, you know, guard receivers and tight ends. And I'm trying to think. I, I don't want any running backs. They're too fragile. Receivers, I guess Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson aren't in bad choices. They do so much. Um, defensive player, you got uh, Watt and, you know, Parsons. And I, I don't know. I, I would go Micah Parsons because I like to sack the quarterback. But, boy, those receivers are pretty damn tough too. Yeah, if you're going defense, Parsons, uh, you can't go wrong with him. But uh, those receivers, those uh, LSU receivers <laughs> – <laughs> Chase and yeah, look, Cooper Cup. For, I don't know how he's always open, but he's always open. Yeah, it's it's tough to deny that. Um, listener wants to know, Casey, will the Saints beat the Browns on Sunday? No, no, the Saints are not going to beat the Browns on Sunday. I'll tell you why. The weather is going to be brutal. It's going to be horrible weather. It's going to be thirty mile an hour wind. It's going to be twenty degrees. It might be snowing. The Browns have Deshaun Watson back in the lineup, so they are better at quarterback than you are. The Saints' offensive line is beat up. And then I'll tell you another reason why. Um, <laughs> Dennis Allen's never won more than two games in a row since his, like, in his career. He's only done that once or twice. The Saints won last week. They're due to lose a couple in a row now. No, the Saints are not going to beat the Browns. The Saints are going to get beat up by the Browns. A listener about five feet to my right wants to know, Casey, will Tulane win the Cotton Bowl against USC? If Caleb Williams plays, no. If he does not play, yes. I think Tulane will move the ball either way. But if the Heisman Trophy plays, I think he's going to create too much, and I think that they'll uh, win a shootout. If not, I think Tulane grates them down and wins a 30-24 to type game. But I do think it's going to be a good football game either way. Two more. Listener wants to know, does the LSU women's basketball team have a legitimate chance to win the national championship this year? It feels like they're a year early because they have a number one recruiting class coming in. They're not a year early, brother. Um, the LSU women's basketball team could win it all this year. They are, and I'm pulling up the numbers right now, they are 12-0. and The closest anybody has been to them is 8. Southeastern played them within 8. Southeastern's really good. They're probably the favorites in the Southland. They beat Oregon State, a Pac-12 school, by 32. That's not, and they're they're a solid Pac-12 school. They beat Tulane on the road, who's really prominent. They're, they're really solid year after year. They beat the breaks off of them. The thing that LSU does well is that in women's basketball, if you could score, you're tough because a lot of the teams can't score. They have scored 125, 111, 107, 101, 180, 99, 85, 88, 91, 87. If you're scoring 80, 85 points every game, it's a big challenge for those other women's teams to score 90 points to beat you. You've got Angel Reese, who's the big post player, probably the best post player in the country, only a sophomore. She's averaging 25 points, 15 rebounds, shooting 63% from the field. If there is a weakness, LSU's guards are lacking a little bit. So maybe you could pressure them. Maybe you could take them out of rhythm, get them against the shot clock some. Um but, no, it's not far-fetched to think that they could win it all this year. And there are actually some computer ranking projections that have them as the second or third best team in the country right now, despite their, uh, their being ranked only number 10 in the polls. Last one. <clears throat> this one comes from a listener who's a, a smart aleck who wants to know, Casey, will your Cowboys fire Mike McCarthy at the end of the season? Under one condition, they'll fire Mike McCarthy if they don't win a playoff game. 
If they go to the playoffs, because right now it looks like Dallas is matched up with the NFC South champion. If they go to the playoffs and they lose to Tampa, they lose to the Saints, if they lose to Carolina, they lose to Atlanta, whoever the hell wins that division, yes, he's gone. Adios, amigo. Bye. Don't collect $200 on the, on the what's the old Monopoly phrase. Mike McCarthy will be gone. If they win that opening round playoff game, he will be back. And probably, quite frankly, should be back, right? Like, he's 10-4. and four. He didn't have Prescott for a lot of the year. Like, I thought he's done a pretty nice job. Um, but if they lose that first playoff game to that team that's going to be below 500, adios. Think that You think that's right? No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, if they can win it. And they should win that playoff game. Uh, if they don't, yeah. And I'd be curious to, uh, to know if Jerry Jones has been speaking to Sean Payton. Uh, I think he's been talking to him. And if uh, – you're not supposed to, but that's not going to stop him. And uh, if he has some type of agreement with him, or they'll put a tr- pull the trigger. I'm curious. I don't know how much Sean Payton actually values the Cowboys. He's had a lot of chances to go there and never did. Like I feel like he likes the idea of the Cowboys wanting him because that always means that he could get more money either from the Saints or from whoever else is chasing him. But I don't know. He's had a lot of chances to go there, and he never has. Maybe the timing wasn't right. Maybe it's about to be right. I don't know. And it may not be a great fit. I was thinking about it because he's going to want control. That ain't happening. And uh, Uncle Jerry's not giving, that happening. Yeah. not giving control. See, this is the weird thing about that is that, like, a lot of people want to take more power away from Jerry. And, and I agree he is probably too involved. But he's the team's general manager, and I think he's actually a good, does a good job. I mean, he drafted Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Micah Parsons, CeeDee Lamb. Like, all the guys on their roster were drafted by Jerry. I just think when it comes down to it, too much of the, at the end of the game, we're not talking to McCarthy, we're talking to Jerry. Too much of, on Tuesday, Jerry's got his own radio show and his own, pot. like, we just hear too much. So I think he actually does a good job as the GM. He's just too – he puts himself out there too much and says things that often undermine the coach. Like, for instance, when Prescott was injured and they were having the conversations of, okay, when he gets back, will Cooper Rush be the starter? Jerry just came out and said, yeah, Prescott's going to be the starter when he's back. That's not your call, bro. <laughs> like, the head coach should be making that decision. So those are the things I think that he needs to back away from. Maybe Peyton could get him to do it. So you seem kind of like uh, O'Donnell. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it yeah. precisely. Get off of Twitter and yeah. do that. Yeah, yes, precisely. I think that's that's actually a great comparison. We've got some picks, and then we'll wrap up today's show. Thanks to you all for the questions, by the way. There were some good ones this week. I like over 224.5 for the Nets and the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors don't play defense. Neither do the Nets. Uh, the Warriors will be without Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, but they still will have Jordan Poole, and they still play with a fast tempo and a strong pace. I like over 224.5 in that one. I like tonight the Celtics to cover 10 against Indiana. Boston is really good at home. The Pacers have played a lot lately. I think we'll have a little bit of heavy legs. Give me Boston to win in that one. I didn't even realize the New Orleans Bulls tonight. I'm not giving you a pick on that one, but that's at 8 o'clock tonight. South Alabama and Western Kentucky in the New Orleans Bowl. College basketball today. <clears throat> Let's see. I've got for you, if my... FanDuel app will cooperate, I could tell you. Okay, here we go. I like um, Kentucky 
And Florida A&M over 135 and a half. Florida A&M's really bad. I think Kentucky may get to 105, 110 on their own. I, so I, I like the over in that matchup. And then last but certainly not least, I like Louisiana to cover 18 and a half against Texas. I don't think that Texas will be able to blow the brakes off of them. And one more, I'll give you a bonus one. I like over 125 and a half in Houston and McNeese State. I tell you all the time, they always water down the lines when Houston is playing because they are very good on defense. But the issue with that is when Houston's playing a team that's not very good, they just score. Like they score 80, 90 points, and then they carry that number. So I like the over in that matchup. Thanks to everybody for listening today. Thanks to Taylor Griffin. Thanks to Stan Grava. Thanks to Coach Kyle for pushing some buttons and making it a little easier on us here. You've been listening to Play by Play. We'll be back tomorrow with another fun show recapping all the action and uh, trying our best to stay warm in these frigid winter conditions. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Casey Jiskar signing off. Adios, guys. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. Do you want a free easy-go golf cart? 